Momad Squad's in your area. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at Mouse Madness Pod or send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. Kyle, at last... We've made it out of 2020. It's in the rearview mirror. We made it's it. Done. Give yourselves a hand. It's but done. Before we embrace 2021 and everything that this year has to offer, we've got some more nostalgia. Yeah, we're throwing it back to the 2000s. We, uh, it's funny because we always talk about nostalgia bias, and this is the ultimate nostalgia bias bracket, talking about these, these, uh, these songs. And what it is, is the best Disney mania song brackets. Back in the mid 2000s, Disney released albums of Disney song covers covered by essentially like Disney Channel stars. Uh, and all those covers were up for grab. We have a round of 16 and we're going to debate which one is the best and helping us to do that. Hopping into the time machine with us this week is our friend from the baseball world. It is Jessica Kleinschmidt. Jessica, what is going on? Oh my gosh, I am so excited to be here. Like I'm <laughs> juiced. I'm not even kidding. Like I, this is like a dream pod for me. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> what makes it a dream pod? Are you a big like uh, pop song fan? Are you a big Disney fan? Tell us, tell us why this makes you excited. You know what's weird is I'm not a huge Disney fan. Like, I mean, besides there's a big bell dressed in an A's uniform behind me on some of my shows, but yeah. I, and you and I actually bonded over this and it was over God Bless the USA by Jump 5 and <laughs> it would, it just slaps, dude. What a good it just song. It, it just slaps. slaps. And, and I feel like Jump 5 was put on this earth to re- make that song and then do Disney covers and then love Jesus along the way, which is always great. Right. But yeah. <laughs> but, and so, yeah, I love essentially like the, the roadmap. Yeah. I love the super bubblegum pop stuff and I love covers. I'm a nerd with covers. And then you add who doesn't love a Disney song. Right. So you add them together and it's so good. And like, you know, the first movie I ever saw in theaters was Pocahontas and you know, that, that was great. So it's like my favorite thing. And I, I remember downloading LimeWire illegally and i think some of the first songs were just disney covers so it, this is like <laughs> back in time without pissing off my parents in the process there you go this is the bracket for you then i'm so excited to have you on the podcast and i'm super excited for us to uh throw it back a little bit after crazy 2020 yeah i don't want to relive that i mean 2021's not any better so far but you know what it's okay all right, well, to help the medicine that is this nostalgia bias go down, we've got some spoonfuls of sugar. Kyle, what do you have today? I have a Kolsch beer from uh, the Canyon Club Brewery in Moraga. Shout out St. Mary's College. Um, this was just a beer that was in my fridge. It's been a crazy first week back from break. Didn't really have time to go out and get anything else. Uh, and I enjoy the crisp Kolsch taste, so I'm excited to have this, and it's going to get me through this first round. I'm, I'm going to come a little heavier next episode. Chris, what you got? So my goal is to be slightly more minimalist in 2021 in everything that I do. We'll see how long that lasts <laughs> because I'm um, kind of an extra person at times. 
So I went with a minimal drink that I did for our best parades bracket. Mm-hmm. It was called the Beauty and the Beats. It was gin and beet juice. Yeah, so right. uh, I tweaked it a little bit. I got beet juice and rum here. <laughs> Not very good, but it's minimal. And I'm calling it your boy O Beats. Oh, no. Uh, also, would love to point out that I'm currently, while we're recording this, wearing my Vanderbilt Kumar Rocker baseball jersey and my Vandy cap in tribute to Jump 5, who are from Nashville, the greatest musicians to ever set foot in the city of Nashville. And I say this as a diehard country music fan. Yes, yes. Oh, man. Bower Sox, I knew you and I were kindred spirits, man. <laughs> uh, Jess, what do you have tonight? I was excited. I literally thought of this right off the top of my head. Um, so I love, I like vodka, but I won't drink anything besides Tito's. So it's Tito's and then I'm at my mom's house. And so every time I come here, I make sure I go out and get a couple bottles of Tito's because she's a Smirnoff girl. Still trying to figure out yeah. if I'm adopted or not. It's fine. Um, and then my ne- my niece and nephew are always over and they drink the ices, that like the ice drinks. Yeah. So I have this with, I think, pomegranate blueberries. This is the Tito's, 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 Tito's room. <laughs> Perfect. That is, yep. Uh, nice, y- nice. You two with your guys' names. This is going to be uh, quite the episode yeah. here. But Chris, in order to form this entire show, we needed to find some people to hit us with some Disney Mania slaps. Uh, and this bracket, our demographic that our lovely internet interns surveyed were people who were joining in the Ashley Tisdale Love Fest on Twitter last week. Chris, run me through what this Love Fest was. It was the absolute perfect timing. We were getting ready to start preparation for this bracket. And at the same time, while we're looking for a demographic, Ashley Tisdale starts trending on Twitter. It was like, I don't really know how it happened, but people just started standing Ashley Tisdale. We're like, great, this is our target audience right here. Well, I'm almost certain it's because Allie and AJ released uh, a new song last week. Uh, coming out of the woodworks and people wanted Ashley Tisdale to revive her music career as well uh, from that same time period. And luckily for us, we got to relive a little Ashley Tisdale to prepare (laughs) for this bracket. So uh, I think these people chose pretty well, uh, but not well enough because we do have a few that missed the dance. And Chris, for me, the first one is uh, Candle on the Water that was covered by Annalise Vanderpoel, who is, uh, plays Raven Simone's best friend on uh, That's So Raven. Candle on the Water is from Pete's Dragon. We talked about it in maybe uh, in Best Love Song bracket? Yeah. One of our yeah, song brackets. Yeah. Uh, and it's a beautiful song. Uh, I think people don't think of this as a Disney song because not many people watch Pete's Dragon, unfortunately. So this one really slipped through the cracks for me. Another one? I mean, who am I if I'm not standing over a When She Loved Me cover? This one's by Jordan Pruitt over on Disney Mania 5. And it's just a beautiful song. And it's a similar rendition, right? It's just like a, a slow love ballad. Uh, but it's just sung in that not Sarah McLaughlin voice. <laughs> so I get why people didn't vote it through. Uh, there's tons of wacky, crazy songs on this bracket. And that one's... Maybe not the the one that you put the CD player in and, and sit through. You're skipping towards, you know, some of the more poppy stuff. And for the last one, uh, Raven Simone on Disney Mania 2 did a cover of True to Your Heart. 
that was a good one. Yeah. So it's interesting that Raven's song made the the bracket because this is a credit song. Credits uh, rolling on Mulan. This song is playing, performed by 98 Degrees, as you didn't hear me mistake it for NSYNC, and Jessica corrected me. It is 98 Degrees. And uh, yeah, it's that's such a great, great song. 98 Degrees did it better, which I think is why it didn't make this, uh, this bracket. So Chris, what are a few that missed the dance for you? So I got two. One of them is Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf B5. by B5 mm. from Disney Mania 4. I don't really know how to describe B5. So many of these Disney acts, you can like find other pop examples. Like, hey, Disney was just trying to rip off this act with this Disney artist. Like, B5 was one of a kind. It was like <laughs> Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons meets hip hop. Yes. They were incredible. So they did a Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf cover, which... Let's face it, did not really a cover of the song, just them singing about little pigs and a wolf. My favorite lyric from that cover, number three said Nick's on tricks. I'ma build my house with bricks. <laughs> Bars. Absolute fire. Uh other Miss the Dance for me is They Might Be Giants version of Baroque Hoedown from <laughs> Disney Mania 2. They might be giants. They're like Devo meets REM. In this version of Baroque Hoedown, they they had like a very whimsical cover of this, you know, Main Street Electrical Parade theme that everyone knows. But I just feel like they didn't reach their full potential because they're a very quirky band, very rock and roll. And this just kind of felt a little bit subdued for what they normally do. Jessica, any Miss the Dance for you? Yeah. And so I know you all have Cruella de Vil on here, but Lelaine from Hilary Duff, Hilary Duff's basically best friend in Lizzie McGuire. She did her own version of it. And I actually remember seeing it like in concert and you hear Lelaine actually, she does like an interview later about it. And she said that she wanted to really, she'd rather be a singer, but isn't that how it goes? Like if you're a good actress, you want to be an, a singer. If you're a good singer, you want to be an actress. And right. so to see her performing this song, she was actually kind of like, I mean, she was young, but she was very like sexy doing it kind of deal. And you kind of like, felt the Corella DeVilleness. So I liked her version quite a bit. Um, and I think my favorite covers of all the, like, I guess, Disney movies are the Tarzan covers. So Everlife did Strangers Like Me. And I don't think I saw that no. on here. Um, but nope, they nope, did a no. really, really beautiful job. And there was another one that I saw. Oh, and then Corbin Blue did Two Worlds. And that yes. was really good. And Usher <laughs> did a cover for that too. And that was really, really good. So I think all the covers for Tarzan songs were just like, gorgeous and that's hard to do when you're trying to outdo yeah. phil collins you know so and then nsync did it that one that, that was just a great song with nsync and phil collins the trash in the yeah. camp so trash in the camp. yeah it was but i mean everything tarzan is good for me so some some were myths but i was kind of impressed with Lelaine and the fact that she was like a successful actress in lizzie, lizzie mcguire but wanted mm-hmm. to be a singer and that was the song that she kind of fell in love with was kind of cool I feel like we could talk for hours about songs that could have been on this bracket because yeah. there's just so many. There's like there's right. like nine of these. Eight, nine? There's there's a ton, so there's a lot to choose from. But we can only talk about 16 today. And let's get down to it. Let's announce what made our field of 16 best Disney Mania songs. Let's cue that dramatic music. Kyle, take us away. It wouldn't be a Disney Mania bracket without one of the biggest Disney-launched musical acts ever. 
coming in at the number one seed is I Want to Be Like You from Disney Mania 5, performed by the Jonas Brothers. They're tearing up my heart at number two. It's in sync's When You Wish Upon a Star from Disney Mania 1. Number three song about the number one villain in my heart. It's Cruella DeVille from Disney Mania 6, performed by Selena Gomez. Me hearties will definitely want to drink up for this one. Coming in at number four, it's Yoho, A Pirate's Life for Me by the Jonas Brothers from Disney Mania 4. It's family time at the number five seed with the song Welcome from Disney Mania 2, fittingly performed by Jump 5. Cause I'm still preoccupied with two, with two, with 2005. Coming in at number six is Bare Necessities by Bowling for Soup from Disney Mania 3. There is no chance, no way, you weren't going to hear from the Cheetah Girls on this bracket. Coming in at the number seven seed is their rendition of I Won't Say I'm In Love from Disney Mania 3. Flying by and saying aloha to the eighth spot is Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride by Jump 5 from Disney Mania 3. Making its angsty way to the number nine seed is Kiss the Girl from Disney Mania 5, performed by Ashley Tisdale. Boo Boo is back! Coming in at number 10, it's the second star to the right by T-Squad from Disney Mania 5. The crew's together singing it line by line. Here at the number 11 seed, it's Circle of Life from Disney Mania 2, performed by the Circle of Stars from Disney Channel. We really, truly love the number 12 seed. It's That's How You Know by Demi Lovato from Disney Mania 6. Somehow sneaking her way into the number 15 seed is Reflection from Disney Mania, performed by Christina Aguilera. Coming in at number 14, it's Super Cali Boyo B version by Orlando Brown from Disney Mania 4. Angsty Ariel's back at it again at the number 15 seed is Part of Your World from Disney Mania 3, performed by Sky Sweetham. Where the birds sing words and Cadet Kelly croons. Rounding out the bracket with the number 16 spot is Tiki Room by Hilary Duff from Disney Mania 1. So many hits, so many slaps. Jess, any favorites standing out to you? Um, yeah, I feel like some of these brackets are kind of scaring me, not gonna lie. Um, but <laughs> I, I also know that like, some of them are just so classic. Like, I'm glad nobody tried too hard to redo Reflection by Christina Aguilera. Because you have to remember, this is before Christina Aguilera did, like, became anybody. There was no Britney versus Christina, and that's how we knew about her. And that was around a time where I was still trying to figure out who I was as a woman. So it was just, like, from that dynamic. Um, but the the thing that I'm, I'm thinking about a lot is with Sky Sweetnam. And, like, to I'm thinking of her as like Billy Shakespeare, that song, but like part of your world kind of bothered me when she tried to do it. I just, I wasn't, I, it wasn't the right matchup for her. I felt like somebody else could have sang it. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see what happens, but bowling for soup. I was actually, I mean, I love BTS, like there B F S I don't like BTS, but shout out to (laughs) (laughs) K-pop. <laughs> oh, you're gonna have you're gonna have no 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 BTS no no don't say no. <laughs> they're on their way. Um, but no, these are All these right. are really good. Um, but uh, 
we'll, we'll go more into detail about like what I think about when we did the individual stuff, but these are some, some pretty good ones. Um, yes, we'll see. All right. Well, let's not wait any longer. Let's get into the discussion and we'll start with our very first matchup. It's the number one seed. I want to be like you covered by the Jonas brothers in Disney mania five versus the number 16 seed Tiki room covered by Hillary Duff in Disney mania one. So Kyle, before we started talking about all this stuff, you talked about how Disney mania is Disney stars covering Disney songs. And that's what it turned into. But the tagline on the very first Disney Mania was superstar artists seeing <laughs> Disney dot, try- dot, dot, their way. They're trying to manifest that stardom. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, they did an okay job with that. Like the first one had InSync, Usher, Ashanti, Smash Mouth, acts that you don't typically associate with Disney, um, with a few like Disney acts sprinkled in for good me- measure. But by the end, it's like Jonas Brothers, Cheetah Girls. We got Mitch Musso out here like doing songs. <laughs> Kiki Palmer, like the usual suspects. So it goes from superstar artists singing Disney their way to music stars singing Disney their way. So it like downgraded. But like really what they're saying is Disney stars sing Disney the way Disney told them to sing it. <laughs> like that is really what Disney mania became by the end of it. That doesn't make it like not good. It's just, uh, it's interesting that our first mashup, we have two Disney like legacy acts going head to head here. <laughs> I'll, I'll start with uh, Hillary Duff, I guess. So I got, I got two questions when we're talking about Hillary Duff's Tiki room. Question one, has Hillary Duff ever been in the tiki room before? You don't ask a woman if she's ever been in the tiki room. <laughs> well, Here's why Chris. I ask that. Here's why I ask that question is because does Hillary Duff know the words to the song that she's supposed to be singing right now? Because nah, she like nah, emphasizes nah, 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 singing Listen, in the tiki room. <laughs> here's she like emphasizes the wrong parts of certain lines in the song and she doesn't really have the timing down. I don't know. That could be intentional to try to like make this version her A own certain variation. Do yeah. Do that. Right. Um, or is it just like incorrect pronunciation because she's not familiar with it? I don't know. Don't start two rumors. examples. <laughs> Most little birdies would fly away, but the tiki room birds are here every day. It's just like she's trying to like catch up with it. Like she doesn't really have the timing down. The other one is, if it weren't for the show starting right away, we'd be in the audience too. It's It's just like... <laughs> Like, it's hurried a little bit. I don't know. I don't trust that she knows the words. So those are the reasons. That's the reason I ask these questions. I don't know. Is Hillary Duff a talented singer? She was auto-tuned in this. I, I don't know. That's like a legitimate question because I, I can't decide. That's actually she's, a great question. I can't confidently say she's a great singer. It's like Britney Spears, right? Not an amazing singer. Phenomenal performer. Christina right. Aguilera, phenomenal singer probably not in love with her dance moves, right? So kind of like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, Hillary Duff can do it all. She does good things good. Not, I'm not like shining off a Grammy for her, but. Is, is this song before Hey Now? This is what dreams are made of? 
because she no sounded I think it's way after. better in that song than she did in this Tiki Room song. That was such During a good the, like, fucking song. After the, the chorus, the intro, she's like almost auto-tuned, which makes me think, Chris, that she didn't know the words and or the medley, melody. So they like auto-tuned her voice to like fit the, the change in, in pitches. <laughs> she just got to the studio and they were like, read this. Hillary, <laughs> read these words in whatever way you want to. And she's like, say whatever. no more, fam. <laughs> uh, so like, it's not a great rendition, I'll be honest, but it's really weird. And I like that about this. And that's something that I noticed when listening to all these Disney Mania songs is the more bizarre, it seemed like the more I enjoyed it. <laughs> like, let me see an absolute train wreck taking place because so many of these Disney things are held in such high regard, they're quote unquote iconic, that I love seeing them just be absolutely ripped to pieces. And we talked about that uh, when we were talking about us loving disgraced disney or like failed disney things right 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 california adventure version one (laughs) the reality is i'm probably not going to be listening to this song like on repeat i'm not a huge fan of like just the radio edit of the tiki room theme song if i'm listening to the tiki room ride soundtrack i'm listening to the whole thing beginning to end 20 minutes or whatever it is i'm not just picking apart that tiki room part like, I need to hear all of it. So, I'm advancing Jonas Brothers, I Want to Be Like You, just for that reason. I, I'm with you on that, I'm pretty sure. Uh, because the only part I really enjoyed of the Tiki Room by Hilary Duff were, were the na-nas. I love that part. It's just so funny. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na. We're singing in the Tiki Room. na <laughs> Uh, man, it's good. I, I'm with you on like, I love the weirdness of Disney Mania songs, but I think it's not so much like the weirdness. I just love when the artists like attempt to make it their own as you brought up, but it's the way that Disney wants them to make it their own, which is just like a, a hyperbolic version of them themselves already. And we see that in like the extremely like emo version of uh, Kiss the Girl later on. Very angsty. But uh, yeah, I'm with you here, Chris. Uh, you can't get past that first high note that's hit and I want to be like you. It starts the song off so well. Uh, we'll talk about it more next round. Uh, Jessica, any thoughts about this choice to move uh, I want to be like you on here? I got to disagree with y'all. I, I like oh. Hillary Duff a little bit more. And the reason why is because I feel like the Jonas Brothers are just like yelling into the microphone the entire time. They they do some more yelling, and on I this and ride. I get it because they were they were babies. This is like nine ten years ago when this came out, and and I get it. It's supposed to be like watching the movie. It's just insane, right? It's just like all these things <laughs> happening. It's great, but like watching the video of like it's a cute. Like they're like, oh my gosh, like we're we get to sing this great classic song, but it's very like they were immature and doing it. So just like they were like it just felt in a good way, like it was connected to like the chaos of the movie in that scene. But I, I mean, I, I kind of like Hillary Duff a little bit more. I feel like the Jonas brothers put more effort into, I want to be like you, but um, I, I think it was, it just seems like it's just a lot of noise to me. Sure. 
sure, sure, sure. We're going to talk some more about Jonas Brothers' noise. I'll tell you that because uh, they're back on this bracket in a little bit. But we're going to move on to the next matchup. It is the number eight Hawaiian roller coaster ride by Jump 5 from Disney Mania 3 versus the number nine seed Kiss the Girl by Ashley Tisdale off of Disney Mania 5. Start with uh, our group. Let's start with Jump 5, everybody. Oh, man. Let's go. Man, so during the parades uh, bracket, we had talked about Jump 5 because they sang a song called Welcome, which led off the 50th anniversary of Disneyland Parade. And that song happens to also be on this bracket. But this isn't it. This is Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride from Lilo and Stitch. And it turns out that Jump 5 did like an entire like music inspired by and from Lilo and Stitch. <laughs> and so this is just one of them that made its way over to Disney Mania 5. Um, Jump 5 was a pretty big deal in the mid-2000s, them in another group called 18s. 18s started out as like an ABBA cover group, uh, hence A. I've seen A-teens. them in concert. So good. Have you? Oh, yeah. They opened up for NSYNC one year. Oh, my gosh. So good. And my dad was stoked because my dad took me. I was in fourth grade. And he was like, this sucks. And he's heard these ABBA songs. He's like, let's f***ing go. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. And so they they follow this formula of like two uh, women singers and two men singers. And then they always like the, the ladies will sing first and then the guys will sing the next couple lines or verses or whatever. Jump five follows that structure to a T. Um they uh as jessica brought up they're also known for their 2001 tribute to september 11th uh god bless the usa uh very like they try to sing the guys try to sing as dreamy as possible at every they sing like this and the girls try to wail as loud as they can and they achieve it and they did on god bless the usa and they do it here in hawaiian roller coaster ride so this song uh, was on Disney Mania 3, which was released in 2005, but this song is actually from 2002. They also do an awful Jamaican accent uh, for the song Aloha e Como Mai, which is like the end credit song for Lilo and Stitch, uh, and they just do awful Jamaican accents. <laughs> so uh, if they did that now, Jump 5 would have been canceled. I kind of want to walk through the structure of the song because it was entertaining to listen to. All right. So the first chorus begins. The song begins with like beach sounds and bongo drums and waves crashing and and, uh, birds screeching. And then it's just full pop punk guitar just comes in heavy, heavy power chords. First verse is like a Hawaiian sounding composition with a ukulele. Bongos are back. It's very like calm. It's kind of pleasant and as they get closer to the chorus picks back up with the big heavy drums uh that alternates between every other beat like a like a punk band and the heavy guitar until we're fully back into punk then they do the unthinkable we head into the second verse and they go full ying yang twins on us and they start whispering <laughs> they start whispering for an entire tire verse until one of the guys sings in like a very, very surfer kind of voice that's uh, setting up for a musicless drop, and our girl sings, Hawaii roller coaster ride. And then we're back, full punk, full punk. The bridge is then brought up with drums that are layered with their voices, guitars appearing here and there, kind of scattered. And the final chorus is what every jump five 
and A-teens and any sort of group like this does, they'll have one half of the group sing a line and repeat it, and then they'll layer over the other members of the group singing another part of the song, harmonizing with that other line. And they do that. You can listen to any A-teens and any Jump 5, and that's how it's going to end. Usually it ends with a key change, but they weren't ambitious enough for that one here. I always picture them like doing flips in the process too. (laughs) Jump five likes just randomly do flips. You're like, okay, we get it. You you ace gymnastics class. Like chill. (laughs) All of you. All four of you in jump five. All of it. Um, We get the classic like mid-2000s echo effects, voice distortion. It's, It's beautiful. This definitely isn't my favorite Jump 5 track on this bracket, as I alluded to. That would be Welcome. Um, but it's it's a good, like, if you want to show somebody Jump 5 and be like, oh, you know Jump 5. Here, here, let me show you. this. You'll probably show them this song. And now we move to Kiss the Girl by Ashley Tisdale. This was on Disney Mania 5. And uh, she is singing it almost in, like, a sarcastic tone is how I was like perceiving it where she was like trying to get back at somebody like oh oh you want to kiss the girl ain't that too bad you're gonna miss the girl like it, yeah it felt... she's trolling she's for, for sure trolling and I love that because it kind of like makes the context of the song a lot less problematic than <laughs> it is in The Little Mermaid yeah absolutely and there's there's a couple of songs I think that kind of changed the meaning of some of these songs. Uh, some of these covers changed the meaning of some of the songs. And that has, and that's like, a, that's like a gender thing sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it could be like Ashley taking shots at the fact that the song exists. Yeah. You know, like, oh, you think that this is what like we want is for guys to just like, you won't know if I like you until you kiss me. Like, get out of here, right? Um, so it felt like Ariel's breakup song or something for me which was awesome like i said i i love the new takes on these songs maybe not as like extremely kind of awkward as hillary duff did in tiki room but like taking it in a direction that's maybe authentically ashley tisdale i don't know i didn't listen to any ashley tisdale um but this was like fun so in this matchup, this 8-9 matchup, it could go either way because I love Jump 5, but this isn't my favorite song. And I don't really know a whole lot about Ashley Tisdale, but I like this version of Kiss the Girl. So I'm actually going to move on Kiss the Girl as the better like Disney mania song in this matchup. So that, that so... was what kind of put it over the edge is like it's more Disney-ish. No, it, it's more. No, because even a Hawaiian roller coaster ride was Disney. They basically followed the entire structure of that song but i think that it wasn't like jump five didn't really do a ton of pop punk they did a lot of like pop so this was them almost like disney was like kids are into punk these days do it and so they were like did their like pop thing in the first verse and then were forced to do punk in the chorus and it just didn't work for me see i wasn't getting punk at all from this Hawaiian roller coaster ride, I was getting some surf rock. I was getting some pop rock, but yeah. I wasn't really getting any punk, especially because we are talking a lot about pop punk and skate punk in some other songs in this bracket. Yeah. So, I mean, that might just be distracting to me. Like I'm gravitating towards those when we think about that particular genre. Kyle, you glossed over like the best part of the song when it comes to structure. And that's Britney absolutely slaying the Hawaiian lyrics 
throughout. No, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, I mean, she nails it. Uh, Jump Five, uh, they're interesting. They have an interesting like background. I, I didn't know anything about them. I kind of fibbed a little bit in the parades bracket when you were like, "Oh, welcomes by." Jump five, and I was like, "Oh yeah!" I had not heard of them until, <laughs> oh until you said. That. And now you're so, in love. Yep. And and that, like I have been listening to them nonstop since then. That was in They're May so of last good, year. Man. So they are from Nashville. They were formed as a Christian, like they love Jesus, pop dance. <laughs> but that doesn't really like come through in a lot of their music. No. It comes through in kind of like how they behave outside of yeah. their music and like the interviews that they give and stuff. And the guy, Chris, who looks kind of like the Ken Barbie doll <laughs> on the beach. <laughs> there's a great quote from him. He goes, as a teenager, there's a lot of pressure to be a certain way, to dress a certain way or to hang out with certain people. I don't care what anyone else thinks. That's what we hope other kids will get from our music. <laughs> it's like, wait, wait, what? By, per- by performing the quintessential like pop genre, that's how like be different. I know Jump Five screams counterculture to everyone, um, <laughs> but I want to talk more about kind of like these types of acts being formed when we talk about T Squad. Um, but I think the best Jump Five media I came across was Britney's wedding. Uh, her brother Brandon has a YouTube channel, and really so they're very it, like Chris. online. <laughs> And so at Britney's wedding, they got everyone back together except for Chris. And they were like doing jump five dances. Okay. Like just off the cuff, they were remembering them and everything. I was like, this is the most wholesome video on YouTube. <laughs> Come on. That's amazing. Um, the music video. We can't talk about the song without talking about the music video. It's fun. <laughs> it's very like mid 2000s. You got Brandon with his like random sweatband on his arm. Like, why are you so sweaty? Like, what do you need that for? Like, what sweat is going to get on your hand that you need a sweatband for? But, like, that was a popular fashion accessory back then. My brother you got his hair. Yeah. I did, too, when I was on the tennis team. I was like, yo, my hand's going to be super sweaty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Armband. Um, Brandon's got his hair just, like, all one length, and it's just a big mop, and he looks like a total doofus. <laughs> I don't know why they all have camcorders. Also, everyone thing. on the beach has a camcorder. Was it a thing? I didn't know anyone who carried around a camcorder back then. Well, I remember in like the mid 2000s, it was big like bring your camcorders to like document everything because there were shows and reality Jackass. shows that started Jackass. to do that. Yes. yes. Like Jackass, like Cops, like you had this first person handheld camera fad and everyone wanted it. And then it started becoming like way cheaper to purchase like little tiny video cameras i guess y'all hang out with more content creators than i do I <laughs> yeah this was like injected into me like <laughs> right. to create content yeah um anyways the music video is great rest in peace to my apple music 2021 in review because it's already just been totally polluted by this cover of hawaiian roller coaster ride <laughs> um i'm agreeing with everything you're saying about kiss the girl it's great uh, Ashley Tisdale, I'm kind of sad, didn't reach like the superstardom that I thought she was going to reach after High School Musical. Her Sharpay was so good just in the way she acted and her singing. Kiss the Girl came out kind of in the fallout of that, and it was on the Little Mermaid DVD in like the special features section. Wow. Uh, 
it was good. I'm going to go back to the weird thing. This this Kiss the Girl cover by Ashley Tisdale isn't weird enough for me. And for how like poppy the Hawaiian roller coaster ride is, it's still kind of bizarre. And yep. that's why I like it more <laughs> than Kiss the Girl. So this one's going to Jessica. You, I mean, I think I can't say I, I'm obsessed with Hawaiian roller coaster ride on Jump Five. Like I, it pops up on my my Spotify all the time, and I will listen to it through and through and through. And honestly, I think that it was the easy pick for me is Jump Five. So that's that's my pick. But it's it's kind of a sad thing. So you mentioned like Jump Five at the wedding; they all got back together and did all that. So I was a big Dream Street fan growing up, um, yep. and. Unfortunately, Chris Truesdale, he passed away of coronavirus. And what the rest of the Dream Street gang did is they got back together and they sang uh, Happens Every Time. They got back together and they sang it again. And uh-huh. that kind of reminded me of that. Like, it was like, whatever happened to Dream Street? And they got either they did that and like, they're all still good looking kids. Obviously, you know what happened to Jesse McCartney. He's killing it. Um, everything like that. Right. But um, I just... Jump five holds so many memories for me and they do such a beautiful job. And like this, if you think it like, think about it this way, it's Samuel E. Wright against like these beautiful singers <laughs> from Lilo and Stitch. That's tough competition, but yeah. I feel like I, I, I understand where Chris is coming from saying like, it's so bizarre and weird, but they, but jump five literally takes you on a roller coaster ride. Cause it's all these different types of genres and stuff like that. So it's jump five for me. Jump five. Advancing to the next round. So we are going to move to our next matchup. The number four seed, Yo-Ho, the Joe Bros version from Disney Mania 4. You guys, the... like, this can't be difficult, right? Like this... <laughs> the number th- versus the number 13 reflection from Disney Mania 1. If you guys pick Jonas uh, Brothers, I'm getting the f*** off of this call. Like, I would be so pissed off. I'm done. Jess, you mentioned Christina Aguilera not being popular when this version of Reflection came out. I want to cover that just in case anyone listening doesn't know the history. Christina Aguilera was a Mouseketeer in the 90s with Britney Spears and Ryan Gosling and Justin Timberlake and those kids. And then in the late 90s, she wanted to be a pop star, so she sent an audition tape into Disney to get this pop cover of Reflection that they were going to put together for Mulan, and she got it. So this song was like Christina Aguilera's debut to the world as a pop artist. Right. And I didn't realize that until I looked into it um, this past week. So what's funny, though, is that Disney Mania 1 came out in 2002. So that's four years in between the release of the song and the debut of the Disney Mania like franchise. So... Christina Aguilera was in that Disney star like universe. And then by the time Disney mania one came out, the superstar artist thing like did apply to her. Right. Exactly. I'm kind of picturing this version of reflection as like the fairy godmother of all the other Disney mania covers out there. Okay. I love that. I can't find any. It's an easy pick. (laughs) So, it's, and here's here's one thing, Chris. What you should do, because I know you're like hardcore to YouTube. If you look up her "I Have Nothing" cover back when she was a Mouseketeer, holy, hmm. she covered Whitney Houston as a little girl and nails yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, 
incredible, incredible singer performer. Incredible. Um, she blows the Joe Bros out of the water. So we got. I just wish I could have seen them actually go up against each other, like with the Joe Bros like yelling songs. Like, and then Christina Aguilera is like, "Okay, sit the down." Like, they do a sing off. They meet up in a high school auditorium and they actually do a battle of the bands. (laughs) So. If, if I'm talking about, like, weird, terrible Disney Mania covers, it doesn't get weirder or more terrible than the Jonas Brothers' Yo-Ho. Oh, gosh. Um, I said something really controversial in our ride audio bracket when I said the Yo-Ho is my least favorite theme of Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. And you shot that down pretty quick. I did. And I stand by that. Especially when we're talking about this, because like I'm not the type of person that's gonna pull up just like the Tiki Room, not gonna pull up the radio edit yo ho and just listen to that. I'm gonna listen to the whole thing. I love the dialogue on the attraction. I love the instrumental portions of the ride soundtrack, but this just the yo ho part doesn't do a whole lot for me. Yeah. So I'm liking I'm liking reflection. The thing is, I do have some serious nostalgia for yo ho because I did a dance. At the Family Vacation Center, my first summer, I played Captain Blackstash in the show, and I was, I was the point to the entire staff of fifty camp counselors dancing to this version, this Jonas Brothers version of Yo Ho. Imagine forty nine people in green polos dancing to this, and me in a full pirate costume at the point, doing like cheer dance moves. Uh, so this version of yoho holds a very special place in my heart but i got an advanced reflection because it's just it's just better i'm going to stand by what i said when this bracket was delivered to my inbox and i texted chris that christina aguilera should be disqualified because this is not a disney mania song this was like for mulan that's fair Four years later, they placed on two Disney Mania. I don't think that's the best Disney Mania. It's also like not a, I guess it was like a cover, but it was before we even knew that this was a song because they essentially like released it at the same time that Mulan came out to play on the radio so that people were like, oh, I love that song. And they're like, oh, Mulan's in, uh, in, in theaters. We should go see it. So for me, that's an automatic DQ from the bracket, which means I hate to say it, I'm moving Yo-Ho on, which means I'm going to Jessica to break the tie between Jonas Brothers' Yo-Ho and Christina Aguilera's reflection. I just feel like this is what happened when the Dodgers went up against the Rays in the World Series. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, it's a 60-game season, so if the Rays win, it's a bull season. That This is what it makes me think of. Um, well, that is true. Yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I get where you're coming from, Kyle, but like I legit how can I it it was just such a good song, Christina Aguilera. So so as time goes on, so what what would the next matchup be? Like that's just like come on. I get where you're coming from, but I have to do reflection. I just can't. I just can't and like it's no, I can't. It's it has to be Christina Aguilera. That's that's fine. That is fine for me to take some L's in this first round. Uh, I I couldn't ba- go back on my word after texting Chris uh, the harsh criticism of that pick. So that's fine. Reflections is going to move on. So let's finish up this side of the bracket. We have the number five seed, Welcome 
by Jump 5. Another, I get to talk about Jump 5 again from Disney Mania 2, and it's facing off first. That's How You Know by Demi Lovato at the 12th seed, and that's off of Disney Mania 6. Let's talk about Jump 5 again. Chris <laughs> didn't even know who Jump 5 was when he heard this song in the parade bracket, and I was like, are you joking? This is You had to explain it to me. This uh, is, I had no idea where this song came from. I thought this was like an original parade song until you reveal that it was from Brother Bear and our boy Phil Harmonic, Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is a, a Philly a Philly C cover right here. Um, and they do a phenomenal job of it. Uh, as I brought up Jump 5, I, I just really want to highlight two of their songs that aren't Disney. Number one, Spinning Around. If you don't have Spinning Around in your music library, add it right now. I'll give you five seconds. I didn't need five seconds. Great, it was added. already in my Spotify. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and uh, all, all I can do. Oh, I don't think Fantastic. I have that. I can't. I can't. I don't really. I'm not like in love with that song. Eh, okay. That's that's fine. I think they're both slaps. Also, uh, so so we brought up that they, they did these songs, they covered God Bless the USA, then they did these Disney songs, they did the Lilo and Stitch, and then they also have a cover, Beauty and the Beast, that was on a, a separate like Disney album. Uh, and that's actually like their number three song on Spotify or something like that, is the Beauty and the Beast cover. So yeah, welcome to our family time. No one really knows this song, unless you're parade fans like Chris and I, or you've watched Brother Bear ever in your life, can't say that I have. Uh, shout out to Tess for hitting us up in the Discord, letting us know that it's a trash movie, and I don't plan on watching it until I absolutely have to. Which is unfortunate, because the song's really good, and their version of this is really good. Uh, it's very pop, it's very them, uh, it's just, you know, it's beautiful. I love it a lot. Everyone takes a turn singing one line at a time, that's a very nice uh, a formula for this group. And it just stays consistent with them. Uh, but unfortunately, like, it's hard because it's, it's not a super well-known Disney song. But you know what else isn't? That's how you know from Disney Mania 6. And that's from the movie yeah, Enchanted. No, that's I, false. I, that's a false I had claim. Never, that's a well-known song. I had never heard of this song. So it, I, uh, I know it well, but, like, the way that Demi sings it, you couldn't recognize it right mm-mm. after that. No, 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 no. It takes... And Amy Adams uh, deserves better than that. <laughs> it's, yeah. So talk about like pop punk. This is Demi going in on the song from Enchanted. That was this very like whimsy. It's supposed to be the kind of like satirical take on the like falling in love song. Um, you have uh, this this version of That's How You Know gave me huge like... <laughs> they showed her like, Hey Monday. Do you guys remember that like punk like pop group cassidy pope was the lead singer and she went on to like the voice and then became like a a solo artist anyways this sounds like a hey monday song it's almost like disney was like do this and the entire band was like we know exactly how to do it it's very simple yeah i wrote down Haley williams from paramore okay very similar like alt pop punk exactly exactly and she sells it that way. I mean, her voice was perfect for it. Uh, you have the accompanying guitar that is strumming the power chords as well as like an offbeat high string strum, which is very, very relevant to like pop punk. 
and the guitar riff at the very beginning is just like pure 2008 <laughs> like it's when the song came out it's like exactly that you're like oh um, my, my boyfriend just dumped me again in high school right. <laughs> exactly exactly and he folded it with his folded up note he dumped me again yeah exactly uh, i'm gonna cut my bangs yes. and put on my fingerless gloves and fingerless gloves now. and we're gonna go we're gonna go to uh warp tour warp i did i've gotten to warp tour twice it is dope like seriously it's so good um we could have another bracket about punk rock uh, we can go like what is it what was that one place um in the mall oh like hot spencer's topic. hot topic yeah we can go to hot topic and like all the bowling for soup shirts are half off like let's go <laughs> yeah ex- that's exactly i don't even have to talk about this song anymore everyone gets the sense of what the essence of this performance was uh there's a, a the video that accompanies this song is a live performance of hers that i am like convinced is just like in the middle of other songs like she she did like some original stuff maybe she hit like some of the camp rock favorites and then she was just like i really like this song i'm just whip it out and everybody in the crowd is just going nuts <laughs> they just <laughs> love this song and so do i um but for me, the most, like, I just have this dumb bias towards Jump 5 in this matchup with this song. Because I love this song so much. I could put Welcome by Jump 5 on, like, repeat. But I probably will get tired of That's How You Know from Demi. Just the harshness that takes away the whimsy from Amy Adams. I get it. It's supposed to be. Uh, which is why it made a Disney Mania album and Disney Mania Bracket. But the more repeatable and leaning on my bias of loving Jump 5 and loving the song because of the, the 50th Parade uh, and just in this matchup, we have enough uh, of the pop punk represented. I'm going Jump 5. I love them. We really don't have enough of it represented, though. Like, that's the thing. I mean, I was a pretty emo kid, so this, like, sound is really really like it, it pierces me deeply uh i mean you articulated everything about welcome by jump five and this that's how you know by demi lovato really well just the one thing i i was thinking about when i was watching the demi lovato well first of all question selena or demi you know i never i i'd never listened or watched or did anything uh with those two like i just don't know them until they became like adult them and were releasing like radio songs. So honestly, I even can't... now, even now, uh, Selena. Are you talking music or? Yeah, e- everything. That's tough. That's actually really tough. <laughs> I feel like they've both been through some. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have. You know? yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like I think I think Demi's. Tra- uh, see, I don't know. I feel like Demi's transition because she had like. The Jonas Brothers song, This Is Me. And then she did some stuff with, like, um, that one punk band. And then she did, like, I, I, I think I would go edgy toward Demi, but I feel like I can relate to her more. I agree. I, I, I would choose Demi just because her music feels much more emotional and visceral to me. Uh, and And while I was watching this live performance that Kyle's talking about, it's Demi Lovato as an actual child on this massive stage in front of tens of thousands of people completely alone. And 
Ooh, that sounds it's like impressive. a lyric from a Hot Topic store song. <laughs> it does, um, dude. Like, we're sweating in Mountain View right now. Like, that's what's happening. <laughs> 10,000 people and I'm completely alone dun, 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 dun. <laughs> i have um, eyeliner for you if you need it <laughs> so on the one hand i'm like this is impressive that this young woman can command an audience like this but at the same time i'm like this is unfair that so much pressure seems like it's being put on such a young person and then we see these people grow into adults and you just have to ask yourself like what effect does that have on a person sometimes it doesn't have an effect on people sometimes it does but just like in this performance i couldn't help but think about that knowing what she has gone through since then i love welcome i love jump five i love that it's got the parks connection because we're huge parks people but i vibe to that's how you know by Demi Lovato, super hard. So I am advancing it here. So this one's going to Jessica again. Um, I I actually like took a step back with the whole like relating to Demi thing. Um, but I I know you want it like when you think about covers, you want it to be your own, but you also want to recognize the song, right? And I feel yeah. like it's almost impossible, Demi. It's like almost impossible. And now I didn't know the welcome song. But when I heard the Jump 5 version, I was like, this is, like, really good. Like, if I didn't know it was a cover, I'd still enjoy it. So not just being biased because of the Jump 5 thing. I I really genuinely believe it's a better song, like, overall. And it's relatable to the Phil Collins. So I'm going to go Jump 5 again. All right. Well, we've got two Jump 5 songs (laughs) moving into the next episode. Can't wait for that. Let's go ahead and move on to our next matchup. It's the number two seed, when You Wish Upon a Star by Sync from Disney Mania 1 versus the number 15, Part of Your World by Sky Sweetnam from Disney Mania 3. Someone please explain Sky Sweetnam to me. I was not a Disney kid growing up, so I don't know who that it's is. It's not Disney. She was very, like, punkish. Billy okay. S. was actually a really good song. Um, get Tangled Up in Me was good, but it was like the angsty, young, emo stuff. I'm surprised you didn't get into it. I feel like that's like kind of your vibe. But if you, <laughs> if you looked it up, like I think you'd actually like it. But um, And that's, I think, the vibe that she had here. And she actually doesn't, doesn't do a bad job. But. Oh, yeah, totally. And so we talked about the fingerless gloves and the side bangs and the version that we found on YouTube with her recording in studio like, you can just see her owning that kind of, like, punky presence. Very Avril Lavigne. Yes. Yep. I'm really sad that this genre of music really is not getting made anymore by new acts. Like, you get your occasional new Blink song or new Green Day song. Machine Gun Kelly did an incredible album last fall that's pop punk. But other than that, like, there's not a whole lot. You kind of have to go back in time to, like, listen to some good pop punk, punk music. So it was cool for me to, like, hear this new... <laughs> Haven't heard it before. It's like new old pop punk song. Um, I'm not nostalgic. I would not describe myself as a nostalgic person. But when we were talking about Brink in Best Decoms, I mentioned being nostalgic for that like everyday angsty energy that a lot of us had as kids. It's not like 
oppression, but it's like <laughs> I'm I'm tired of eating Rice Krispies. I want Cocoa Puffs. Like, let's sing a song about it. You know, it's like, you know, it's mostly innocent, <laughs> um, and like that's the energy captured in a lot of pop punk and skate punk, and like definitely in Sky Sweetnum's rendition of Part of Your World, and like that's kind of what's in Ariel's Part of Your World too. Yeah. Like she has her dad jamming her up. Like yep. she has a lot of things. She is a pretty she is an extremely privileged person in the world of the little mermaid, but like she still has angst towards not having the things she does want. So I see the marriage between pop punk and part of your world as making a lot of sense. Two really bad things though that I find very weird about this recording. Why'd they leave Sebastian in the song? <laughs> yeah, and was it even I, Samuel E. Wright? It sounded like somebody trying to be him. I, I Samuel don't, I couldn't e. tell. Wrong. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> like they could have just done, I don't know. Uh, it's like when they left the um, bell in Remember Me in Coco, like just, just take it out. It, right. You don't need to be there. The other thing is those lines in Part of Your World where Ariel is like questioning herself she can like change her vocal inflection to to kind of show you that she's like thinking, but Sky Sweetenham just like blows through those lines and it mm-hmm. it makes it it makes the lyrics kind of nonsensical. And if you maybe hadn't heard part of your world, you'd be like, what, like what's she talking about? <laughs> but I will say that my favorite part of it, she goes, What's a fire and why does it what's the word burn? <laughs> like that is the perfect like a word to hang on yeah. in a pop punk song like that. So <laughs> I have a baseball analogy for this song. Um, I know this probably doesn't happen at the Oakland Coliseum because your foul territory is huge, but at Yankee stadium, it's very common for a guy to hit a ball out of the park and foul. Like it looks right. like he got all of it and it just, it's just like gone into the night like that's what this song feels like to me. Like they absolutely crushed it, but it's it's gone. Like it didn't do anything for anyone. <laughs> oh. But like they got all of it. It's going up against "When You Wish Upon a Star" by In Sync. "When You Wish Upon a Star" is this iconic Disney song that honestly doesn't have a lot of playability for me. I don't really sit around listening to this song. It's usually a skip if I'm listening to a Disney playlist. If I'm doing something that I'm trying to keep my energy up, like maybe I'm walking or running or cleaning the house. I don't know. I don't vibe with it super hard. So I appreciate what InSync brings to this version. Hmm. It's something a little bit fun for a song that feels kind of stale. InSync, I wasn't really into back in the day. I mean, like I was familiar with their music. (laughs) We lost our house. I was not an InSync hater by any means. I just didn't really listen to their music. It's interesting that they are stripped away of so many of the things that we think of when we think of InSync in this version of When You Wish Upon a Star. No choreo, no trendy outfits and haircuts, no like over-the-top music videos, and just like their general sense of celebrity is is dialed back a lot. And what's left is just this beautiful acapella really good cover of a song with great vocals. I think that had a lot to do with the fact that it was the first Disney mania too, right? 
Yes. They didn't want to like Absolutely. be too yeah. sky sweet them, right? So right. you don't want to <laughs> yeah. I mean it's the most important Disney song that you can think of and in sync it has like probably the most beautiful boy band voice ever. Period. They have every single part that you can, you know, um so I think that's part of it. Cuz like if you could tell as Disney Mania goes on it's like let's just have this guy sing and whatever and mm-hmm. they're pulling stuff out of a hat by right then. and <laughs> and i think Ooh. this was a very like classic song a new and you could they, they can show off their vocals right you keep the you keep the heart and like subtlety of the original but you get the in sync flair with the smooth youthful crooning this one has a lot of replayability for me. This one is an instant classic for me. So I'm advancing the number two seed when you wish upon a star. Sorry, Sky Sweetenum. I was actually kind of surprised you went with sync, Chris. No lie. That's Yeah, yeah. same. Um, I surprised myself. Yeah. I do like the original song. I brought that up on our best song bracket, how much I liked it. I uh, got a little roasted for, for saying that I liked it so much because people think it's boring. I think it's awesome. Uh, this version was great. It was awesome. Uh, I I think I'm agreeing with you here. I don't really agree that this is like NSYNC smoothness because I felt like they were trying to channel their inner like boys to men. But Justin's voice is like a little too shrill to really like soothe you through this when you wish upon a star. And especially when he gets higher, it starts kind of fringing out a little bit. So it was almost like they were trying to be Boys to men who are notoriously smooth. Yeah. And it just wasn't landing for me that way. But I do like this song better as a cover than I do Sky Sweetenums. I think Sky just went for it. And I love that about it. But uh, as far as these two Disney Mania songs, I also just like When You Wish Upon a Star more. So uh, I'm agreeing with you, Chris. Jessica, any thoughts about NSYNC moving on here? I got to balance this is probably the, the most difficult matchup so far um, ah. because of like different ways. Like, in sync easily you think oh that's great but then sky does like a really good job and obviously i have i love punk music just because like that's what i grew up on and i went to warp tour twice it's fine but like (laughs) it's if you you can kind of argue both sides but at the end of the day like in sync did such a gorgeous job and if they i don't think i feel like sky sweetenham could actually offend people with her cover like, just like, why would you do that to kiss the girl, like, or part of your world? And um, if it was kiss the girl, it'd be a different conversation. Um, but I think NSYNC just did a gorgeous, gorgeous job. And it's difficult to, for this is like the Star Spangled Banner of Disney songs, right? <laughs> it, yes. So if you if, if you can do well with that, like you're number one in my book. This is like probably the, the, the song that might win, I feel. No. Oh, early, early take yeah, there. Yeah. Love it. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. It's number seven, I Won't Say I'm In Love by the Cheetah Girls from Disney Mania 3. Facing off versus number 10, Second Star to the Right by T-Squad from Disney Mania 5. Oh, boy, Chris. T-Squad in your area. Oh, no. So, I Won't Say I'm In Love, the Cheetah Girls. I almost expect i'd never heard this until we had to listen for this bracket so i almost expected a a higher tempo r&b flavor from them like they were gonna you know try and do something a little different but it that didn't happen essentially it it felt like the same exact song just with an r&b baseline to it 
Yep. Um, yep. Felt like they played it very safe, which is fine. Uh, I there's a there's a guitar riff in there that goes like ding 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 ding, ding 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 ding, and I was like, this sounds like no scrubs. Are we going into no scrubs right now, or is TLC gonna come out and we're gonna have a a, a medley? It it was just like they were leaning into the R and B, but it was already a song that was like an R and B song from the movie, so they didn't have to do too much to it. As I was listening, I was going to say like nothing really stands out to me about the song except until they get to the end in which they hit me with the key change. And I love I love a key change whenever they can spice it up and they had to. They could not have just left this flat just saying it as they do uh, because it would have just been even more boring than it kind of felt like it was. So nothing really special about the song. I just think it was like a solid rendition of uh, I Won't Say I'm In Love. And then we go to the other side of the spectrum with T-Squad's version of uh, Second Star to the Right, which is a, like, let me pull this one out of left field uh, as a song cover choice. Second Star to the Right? Are you joking? This is such a bizarre pick. It's almost like Disney showed up to them and was like, hey, we have this song for you. We think you guys would do great with it. Here you go. Use, like, 85% of the lyrics if you want to. And they were just like, say no more. We got this. And it was just every idea that they could have thought of plastered onto one piece of a uh, musical, whatever this could be. It There's like this synth beat that the song starts out with. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And then somebody screams over the microphone, oh, what? And I was like, no, nope, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. This is going to be awful. I could not wait for this song to be over. It was like, I know you love a train wreck, but like it when it's the this, biggest, yeah. this is the biggest train wreck that just made me feel embarrassed for them. <laughs> like they were trying so hard to be so hard and also like flex their non-existent singing muscles while also creating an entirely... Uh, unique composition of the song and it just none of it worked altogether. so because of that because of the disjointed nature of this song it's not moving on i'm moving on the cheetah girls uh version of i won't say i'm in love see my theory is they did the wrong song disney was like <laughs> all right we're gonna need you to do a you can fly cover and then they got the audio back and it was like the second st- they were like all right i guess we're running it but I right. feel like these okay. kids didn't know the song. They probably were like, I don't know what this means, but like, okay. No, no way. No way. No way. Uh, yeah, we got to talk about Boo Boo. Baby Boo Boo is in T-Squad. We know Boo Boo Stewart from The Descendants. He plays Jay, the yep. son of Jafar. So I had no idea who he was. And I was like, I got to do some research on T-Squad. I found absolutely nothing on the internet on T-Squad. Right. They've been this scrubbed it. from everything. Because this so, happened. Yeah. The only thing you have, like, only thing I could find is Boo Boo Stewart's in it. That's it. (laughs) And so they only did one album. And so I found, like, a review of the album from some type of publication. And so what I got from it is T-Squad is like an algorithm made a children's pop group. Nah. That's what the song sounded like. Right. So... I needed a funk land on T-Squad because there are a lot of question marks. But like the review of their one album said something like, 
oh, um, you know how you can't trust pop music these days with your kids. Along comes T-Squad, music that you know is family-friendly. So I think T-Squad was created by a bunch of suits at Disney as a response to, like, hip-hop becoming mainstream with white suburban kids, like Eminem and 50 Cent entering the mainstream. So, like, we got to get T-Squad in there to balance things out. So Jump 5 felt like marketing to children. Yes. They were people that you could see yourself hanging out with as a kid. T-Squad was marketing to adults who are buying music for their children. And so that's where it fails. Like you're you're targeting the wrong audience. That being said, Second Star of the Right is a super boring song in Peter Pan. And this version at least is kind of interesting and is a total train wreck and disaster. But I'm going to listen to it for the rest of my life. Cheetah Girls, I Won't Say I'm In Love, is, like you said, very obvious, very safe. It's great. I vibe to it. But I'm advancing second star to the right, so... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Jess, it's going back to you again. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, do you guys remember, at, you know, S Club 7, right? Yes. Absolutely. They had their one-off S Club 8. <laughs> do you remember that? No. no. So they did like S Club 8. It was basically like the mini version of S Club 7. Literally eight children. It was like making the band, but with kids. I feel like this is Mm. what T-Squad was. Yes. Like, I always think about that. Like, how did this band come to fruition? Like, what went there? Um, With that said, I'm a little biased. I literally work out to the Cheetah Girls, I Won't Say I'm In Love. And it's it's a good cover because, I mean, Hercules had really good music. Okay. And you think about, like, Meg, who was, like, sassy and doing all this. And, like, me too. Like, if I have a crush on a guy, I'm like, I will not go there. I do not <laughs> want to actually be into this guy. And I feel like this actually kind of brings it. Plus, it's the Cheetah Girls. And I feel like they – it was an easy transition. So I just think the cover was better. Um, but – it was very, it was very obvious, but I just, I listened to T Squad, and I wish I could take that twenty seconds back <laughs> of my life. I didn't even listen All to right, the whole thing. Very, I was like, nope, no, no, no. Didn't need to. Yeah. Very, very fair. So I won't say I'm in love. Moves on. Next up, we've got the number three Cruella Deville by Selena Gomez from Disney Mania 6 versus number 14 Super Cali by Orlando Brown aka Ya Boy OB you've, from Disney Mania 4. I know you've been waiting for this moment. I know you've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> Go ahead and talk so, about it. If Sky Sweetnam's part of your world is a out of the park foul ball at Yankee Stadium, Ya Boy OB's Super Cali is Trevor Bauer throwing a ball into the batter's eye at Kauffman Stadium. <laughs> it is baffling and impressive and completely unnecessary all at the same time <laughs> but people go and click on it and watch yep. <laughs> exactly. i'm only saying that because trevor is my boy so i gotta have his back <laughs> i know i know it, like so orlando brown was in that's so raven yep so he was a kid who grew up in the disney channel star universe Unfortunately, Orlando Brown has fallen on some tough times lately, battling a lot of substance abuse problems. He just recently cleaned himself up, so we're happy to hear that. Uh, there's a lot of really like bad stuff about him out there on the internet, though. So, yep, 
we've got this um, cover of Supercalifragilistic, if you want to call it that, because it's really not. The only like piece of Supercalifragilistic it preserves is Supercalifragilistic. And the very beginning. And then, and then like, like, yeah, like the, the little, little like, like yeah. that's like played at like double speed. Yeah. Um, and then OB is just like rapping. Boy, is he and rapping. His flow, his flow is very similar to Eminem. At yes. least like the first. I don't know if they told him to do that. The first but... two like lines of this, it sounded like Eminem just showed up. And then also it like parts towards the end sounded like, hey, remember Eminem from D12? Like do it like he did it then. And he just like formed into D12 Eminem. And meanwhile, they've got the strings, like it's 50 Cent or a G-Unit right. song. It's like it, like violin in the background. <laughs> so I don't know who wrote this song for Orlando Brown, but I've got a lot of highlights that I want to go over. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We've got cruising in my nice ride. Look at how the ice shine. I don't know what ice he's talking about. Supercala what? Sing it twice and you might fly. Pause. Yep, higher. Higher than <laughs> higher than the plane and your loved ones might think you're insane. I don't know, that pause feels intentional? Yeah, it was definitely intentional. Uh, singing about being higher than a plane in a Disney Mania song. Right. It's great. Another, another lyric. You're in your own lane on the positive train on your way to Disney World to ease pain. That, when I first heard it, I was like, oh, dang. OB is like throwing some shade at the Disney parks. Like, and the people who go to them are just trying to like escape reality and like not face what they're trying to face in the world. I'm like, all right, all right, OB. But oh, no. Keep going. <laughs> and then that's where it falls off the cliff and it becomes a. Um, like cautionary tale or like something your parents might rap to you. <laughs> For example, and don't talk back to your parents. No, you better not pout. Love's about feeling good like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> hey, y'all. Like it's all over the place. Like, Hey, y'all. Think I'm kind of fragilistic. Wear no lipstick, young girls. Follow this song and you'll end up in a new world. Yeah, I didn't like that line. I didn't like that line. Nope. Don't like that. Uh, I'm not sure he knows Walt Disney's dead because he starts like rapping to Walt Disney. He says, Walt Disney gave me the okay to roll. And then he, he says, dear Walt Disney, this is a letter to let you know because of you, a lot of things are better. I went to Disney World, boy, some imagination. Won't you build a whole nation? No, thank you. <laughs> nope, absolutely not. And it, And it's all in your name. Nobody can get it twisted. Disney's sweet, safe, and magnificent. It, it I'm was like offended. Like, uh, I feel gross. Yeah. They like went. They went into a conference room and they were like, "All right, let's let's write a rap song mm -hmm. about Disney World being really, really clean and safe, and what you shouldn't do to your parents." Again, this is like a response to hip hop. It kind of just reminds like, me as he's like, "Oh, I'm a good rapper. Let me." make it disney friendly because i'm on this show right and this is the only song that i can think of to use it and then i'm gonna mess it up it just it's 
kind of trashy, to be honest. And to be fair, he did end up pursuing a rap career yep. and like still releases rap music. Um, that's not like this anymore. Right. This is not a good song. It's not a good song at all. It's not even it's if you if you had you would have to tell me. It just sounds like it's not even a cover. It's like I'm gonna it's not. throw super no, califragilistic not. at it randomly. It's one of those things where you come across it, like you find something in the Disney time capsule that was lost to time, and you go, "Oh boy, <laughs> wowie!" Uh, so it's interesting. It's an interesting one to be on this bracket. Uh, it's going up against Cruella Deville. Selena Gomez rocks a fedora. Um, I don't know, Kyle. You're the big 101 Dalmatians guy. I feel like the song Cruella Deville never really got justice no. in 101 Dalmatians because it feels kind of restrained. Like it's just like just a little ditty. Yeah, and but written at by the a, same time, written by a jingle guy. At the same time, though, it's kind of cool because like the song exists in the universe of the movie. Correct. And so it makes it realistic. So that's great. And then Selena like takes it <laughs> into a place that only Selena Gomez can take things. Uh, it's not good. Jeez. <laughs> oh, but it's not bad. But it's not bad either. So it's also good and bad. It's both good and bad at the same time. What is that? Uh, I don't I can't I can't peg what style of music this is going for. Like it it doesn't feel particularly pop or rock or no. anything. Yeah. Um it's just bad and good at the same time. And that's what I love in my Disney Mania song, so I'm advancing it over your boy OB. Yeah, you you took the the wind out of my sails with OB because those were the lines that I wanted to also pick out. I will say that like he even if he was handed this sheet of paper, I will say that the flow in which he rapped it wasn't like he was rapping it like a poem. He was very much like very Eminem style, where he was he was yeah. You know, making sure that things rhymed on the offbeat and then came back on the offbeat. Like, I appreciated that. I like that a lot. But th- it's it's a mess of a song. Um, <laughs> it's a complete mess of a song. Uh, obviously, huge bias being that I love 101 Dalmatians. And this version of Cruella made it seem like, like, at this time, she didn't. But it's like Cruella's origin story song, like, theme song. Like, if if 101 Dalmatians was shown in the in the angle from the viewpoint of Cruella, like this is when the door opens, it's like Cruella, Cruella <laughs> Deville. <laughs> <It's like, laughs> because this the original song was making fun of her, right? It was like she's coming Natural, over yeah. and and Rogers like making this satirical song about how scary she is and uh she looks like she crawled from underneath a rock and all that stuff. And in Selena's version, she's like almost hyping Cruella. This is Cruella's hype song. Uh, and I, I don't know. I kind of like that angle. It's like giving a villain a villain song in a movie in which she like had one, but it was written about her in a, in a make fun way. So this is like kind of giving Cruella justice in a way, oddly enough. Um, but it's like, I know you say it's not good. It's not good, but it's way better than Orlando Brown's uh, Super Cali. Of course. Uh, So I got to give it to Selena here. Uh, Jessica, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, like I'm just, I'm actually kind of offended that Orlando took this 
the song and like trashed it just like it's f-ing rude you know <laughs> like that's what it comes down to um but i will say selena i mean selena the, her version's like whatever but th- like the beginning it kind of reminds me of like J- janet jackson black cat at the beginning like uh, oh, yeah, that bit. kind of vibe and i i actually really like the i guess instrumental part a lot mm-hmm. Um, but the video, she's just sassy and like kind of coming into her own. And I really appreciate that. Um, so this wins by kind of a landslide because of how bad that Orlando Brown was. It was so bad. I'm like, do we think? Do we think that Julie Andrews has heard this remix of Super Cali? I hope not. I really, really hope not. <laughs> she would be. I would say no because she's still alive. And isn't it the <laughs> truth? Because when I first moved to California, like when I got the NBC Sports job. They were like, don't call it Cali. So if you call it Super Cali, you'd be Orlando black and blue. Well, and here's the thing. He's rapping about a Thank park you, that is in <laughs> Florida. <laughs> so even if he's singing about Super Cali, it's not even it's just, Super Cali. It's just super stupid. <laughs> like, I just like, it, and I think I, I, I come from like a lot of hard work in my life. And uh-huh. it just feels like this was so lazy and like <laughs> like I'm so I'm just so upset like because if I ever oh, wrapped man. something I would put extra 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 work into it and he would just like yo I'm gonna rap like this is what we're gonna do give me a song to like rap to it and whose idea was like you know what super califragilisticexpialidocious like there it is done let's go his boy Mario apparently whoever he shouting out on the on the track lin-manuel stole orlando brown's job i think <laughs> probably all right let's talk about this final matchup of the first round is number six bare necessities by bowling for soup off of disney mania three verse number 11 circle of life performed by the uh disney channel stars the circle of stars from disney mania two uh, i'll start with the circle of life cover so uh disney channel tried to do this thing where they would take all of their like big prominent Disney Channel stars and form them into a like pop group uh, to cover Disney songs. This was like the first iteration of that. Later on, you get like the next generation of stars. So um, Dylan and Cole Sprouse and uh, that whole like Sweet Life gang. I'm sure Selena was in there. I'm sure the Joe Bros are in there. Uh, so they try to keep that going and it fizzled out pretty quickly but this was the first iteration and i actually remember when this came out uh and i remember seeing it on tv they used to play like snippets as a commercial break in between shows on disney channel and this was hype (laughs) this was hype because circle of life is just such a great song um so let me go ahead and uh reveal the lineup of uh actors and actresses here on this uh this list it is by appearance by the way uh First up, you got Taj Maori, little brother of the Maori twins, uh, T and Tamara. Followed is Ob, the boy, Orlando Brown, Annalise Vanderpoel from uh, That's So Raven. She comes up next. Raven herself follows that. Then they kind of repeat that lineup for the next verse, and Kyla Pratt from The Proud Family harmonizes with Christy Carlson Romano from Even Stevens uh, to send us back into. The chorus, which is headlined by Tiki Room herself, Hilary Duff. 
She leads the choir of Disney stars in this chorus. And then seemingly out of nowhere, AJ Trouth, Twitty from Even Stevens, hits us with his best Stone Temple Pilots impression and just lays a line down on us. It was just like, where have you been, one, and why did they choose for you to sing this one song? It's almost like they said they promised him a part and forgot to write him into the script. So they're like, ah, who, uh, give him this line. Yeah. It was so bizarre. Um, the final chorus has a great group uh, backup of the hey, yep, hey, manam, hey, yep, hey, manam. And it's, that's a satisfying part, but a lot of this isn't great. Uh, I couldn't help but, like, after listening to the song, uh, after the line when they say, um, it's a leap of faith, somebody either goes, oh, or yeah, and that's just, like, in my mind forever. I think if I listen to the original version, I'm going to want to squeeze in an oh, or yeah, (laughs) because of this version of this song. So it's very, this is, like, Disney mania to me, like bringing in your highly marketable stars uh, to perform one of your biggest songs, biggest successful songs that you've ever had. Uh, It just felt like they knew exactly like (laughs) corporate Disney was like, we we got it. This is this is what's going to sell Disney mania to clean up the Orlando Brown that we (laughs) (laughs) and it makes a lot of sense because what chris brought up was that like their original idea for this was to get the big stars doing the big songs from disney well they kind of threw that away in disney mania too so they got their their big stars they didn't bring in big stars they got their big stars to do it so it kind of fits in bare necessities by bowling for soup what a journey this song was uh, it starts out with a nice like campfire acoustic uh, intro of Bare Necessities with the main chorus as kind of the instrumental. And then it's like, let's go. Punk time. Punk time. Bowling for soup time. And that's the weird thing is like how they transition from that into the punk thing. Because like common pop punk songwriting you'd think they'd go with like a drumstick one two three four but it's like a it's like a fade in it's so weird and like not powerful well it's like it's like stopped right and then it was like look for the and they just yeah launched in so almost the look for the was the one two three four (laughs) it was the two three four and they lit in um, I didn't mind it as much as it bothered you. I, I thought it was like a fun switch up. Here's what I think. Like they got tapped on the shoulder to do this song because I would love to imagine them performing their like normal set at Warp Tour. They just finished. They're at the halfway point. Uh, they finished the song and they're like drinking water. Everybody's cheering. And then the guitarist is still up there and he's just doing the dong, 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 dong. everybody's like oh let's go and it's just like this acoustic thing and then they lead in look for and everybody goes nuts like that would be so fun like it's just one of those like middle songs for me that just like rehypes the song yeah surprises you in the middle of the show that like why would they be covering the song i thought that was phenomenal and then what's even better is that 
during the second chorus, it sounds like one of them's trying to do their best Baloo impression in the background, like singing like Ed Harris very low, uh, mimicking Baloo's voice. And I thought that was great, as well as uh, the replacement of a guitar solo with like a whistle solo towards yeah. the end. Yeah. It was just a super fun song at the beginning i was like oh man are they gonna make bowling for soup do this like slow acoustic song but of course not i should i should never have doubted bowling for soup here so this is like really good it's up against like what is quintessential disney mania feeling which is like disney getting disney stars of that time to cover a big hit and then getting a big band of that time to cover a disney hit and both kind of fit within that that frame, getting stars, big stars to do Disney songs and getting your big stars to do your songs. So this is my hardest matchup. When I saw this matchup, I was like, man, how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? I think that uh, I was way more pleasantly surprised by Bare Necessities and the Circle of Life felt like the Cheetah Girls, where it was very like, you knew this is what was how it's going to go. Like an R&B type rendition of Circle of Life. Each artist is going to sing their one line and then they're going to come together in the chorus. And it wasn't anything just like stand up and start clapping about it, but like stand up and clap for Bare Necessities by Bowling for Soup. So I'm going to move the number six seed on here. Yeah, I see both of these songs as like, hidden gems yeah. in completely different ways. And I want to talk about Circle of Life music video. I love talking about the music videos. Yep. So the Circle of Life one is perfect. It's like this MTV teen hangout lounge where all the Disney stars are there. There's a lot of bean bags and there's like <laughs> a, a big wall of TVs. It's like a three by three TVs stacked on top of each other. And it's just like a, a place with good vibes and everyone's just like cool. And I like, want to be there for sure. Yeah. Sure. You're like, wow, I want to be in that place. I want to hang out there. The dance moves when they're all in a line. Don't know why. This was the one they all went with. It's the fist clench and the bicep curl down. It's like when all those bands got together and sang, let the music kill your soul. Like <laughs> yeah, they were yeah. just like all of a sudden, because you know, a lot of these besides Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, nobody knows what it's like to be in a music video. So that's, that's all they know. Right, exactly. So, uh, it's fun to watch. To me, I will probably never listen to the MP3 version of this song, but I will watch that music video again because it's just it's just perfect. Uh, I'm with you, Bare Necessities. Uh, I like my Disney Mania songs as, sorry, who did what song <laughs> in what style? I, I got to check this out. And that's what happened here with Bare Necessities. It's just so interesting and so in your face. It's so fun, like you said. So I'm advancing it past Circle of Life. Jess, how do you feel about putting the Disney stars behind us? You know what's weird is at the beginning I was like, it's obviously Disney stars for me, but as time went on, like I'm I'm very into bowling for soup. And and here's the main reason why. This is the beginning to this fucking Circle of Life song. <laughs> <laughs> what is that like it like it's impossible to recreate that 
the circle of life beginning. Almost impossible. I think Beyonce right. and them did an okay job trying to do that in like the real version. It's almost impossible. So like why even like, – just scrap it. It's such a gorgeous song. I feel like this one shouldn't have ever been remade to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, because like it's not like when you wish upon a star, like Instinct did a beautiful job. Um, so I think as y'all explained it to me, you actually changed my mind. So I'm going to go for Bowling for Soup. And there's a lot to do with the fact that Bowling for Soup did get me through a lot of <laughs> crazy times in, in high school. So, yeah. Love it. All right. Well, that wraps up our uh, first round of 16. We're left with the Elite Eight that's looking like the number one, I Want to Be Like You from the Jonas Brothers. First, the number eight, Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride from Jump 5. Other side or down a little bit, we have the number 13, Reflection by Christina Aguilera. First, the number five, Welcome by Jump 5. Across the bracket, number two, When You Wish Upon a Star by NSYNC is facing off versus number 10, I Won't Say I'm in Love by the Cheetah Girls. And to round out our elite eights, the number three, Cruella DeVille by Selena Gomez versus number six, Bare Necessities by Bowling for Soup. Jessica, thank you so much for being on this journey for this first episode. We look forward to having you back on the next one. Absolutely. All right, everybody. You know how to reach us. If you've got something to say, if you're heated about these Disney Mania matchups, these Disney Mania choices we made, send us an email at mousemadnesspodcast at gmail.com. It would be our honor to be torn apart by you in the emails. Otherwise, you can hit us up on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Discord, talking Disney all the time in our Disney Discord. It's great. We'll leave you with this one, folks. Super Cala Fragile Listic.